Hello, I'm Pastor Michael Shannon with Identity Church in Deltona, Florida. We're glad that you made a decision to watch the service today. Please stay tuned after the service for more information about Identity Church. Now let's go ahead and join the service already in progress. There we go. How many have been here for the last three weeks for the series on Renewing the Mind? All right, it is on the website. I, and this is our third week. Um, it is thought-provoking. I believe it's critical to get a renewed mind. I believe it's biblical. And I just want to tell you, before I get started, that I feel like I started this series not realizing how much I needed it. And uh, the Lord allowed me to get my butt handed to me um, to the point where I'm like, hmm, I might want to apply some of this. <laughs> and he, you ever started to think you know a subject and all of a sudden the subject does, reveals that you don't know nothing? That's kind of where I'm at. Um, Susie's, uh, Susie and I are sleeping in separate bedrooms. Uh, there's no marriage problems, but there's health issues. Uh, she can't sleep under a, a paddle fan and I can't sleep without one. And so I woke up with this crazy thought and oppression that if this, this, that, and the other happens, then financially I can't support this and I can't do it. And all of a sudden, dread and worry absolutely gripped my heart. Now, I'm such a man of faith and a man of God. It took me three days to get rid of that. <laughs> But here was the significance of it is Susie's sleeping on the other end of the house, wakes up at six o'clock and had the same thought and the same oppression and the same depression try to hit her. And so what happened is that it ignited and realized that's a demonic spirit that's in my house talking smack. Okay, so, so I'm telling you, I've opened up a can of worms within my own life, and I'm telling you, I've probably opened up one in yours. If I haven't, then I haven't done my job, but I'll get there. Um, last week, you know, we, we talked about the renewing of the mind the first week. I, go back and listen to it. I've listened to it, uh, the first one, twice now. Uh, last week, I've listened to it twice. It, it, it's, you know, you, you're a spirit... You're a three-part being. You're a spirit that lives in a body that possesses a soul. You realize that. So, but in your soul, you have your mind, will, and emotions. Last week, I preached about the two minds within you, the conscious mind and the subconscious. Very good message. Please, please go back and, and just, I, mean, I, I got stuff, I said stuff I didn't know I said. So I, I believe God is all in this. But today is renewing the mind brings balance to the soul. You realize if you're born again that you are born again? <laughs> that went over well. If you're born again, you're born again. Mm, that went over well. Are you born again? Okay. <laughs> so how does renewing the mind bring balance to the soul? Um, it, it, it's interesting that, that, um, I, I took, I, I just said, Lord, I, I, I need some help here. 
you know, so I'm doing all this studying and stuff, and I decided to get on. I, I had to take my my motorcycle to get an oil change. And I prayed in tongues the whole time. Just prayed in tongues. And by the way, it was 43 degrees. I thought it was tongues. It was actually chatter. <laughs> so I called it. I just, can I get credit for tongues? <laughs> but but it, it something lifted. It, it Something lifted. And revelation came um, from that motorcycle ride. Um, normally, I call Elder um, Kathy Walton after I preach. And I ask her questions like, was that comprehensible? Did I come across with what I believe God showed me? You know, that's normally what I do. Well, I called her last night. I'm like, dude, I seen this. Does this? And, and so this is now Kathy Walton approved message. <laughs> so you're getting it before the fact. But uh, I, I really believe that, that God is, is, is really going after the renewed mind. And, and we have no idea the value of the renewed mind. So how does the renewed mind bring balance to the soul? See, the soul is the mind, will, and emotions. Last week, we went after the mind. I will go after the, the will, but, but listen, I think, I think the reality of what I saw um, uh, yesterday, and I'm going to try to articulate the best I can, is, is that without the Spirit, your mind cannot be renewed. See, how many believe that you have the mind of Christ? Where is it? Is it in your soul? <laughs> if you're born again, okay, your spirit and Holy Spirit are one. That's where you have the mind of Christ. So let me say this. You're here, your, your human spirit has been born again. In your spirit, you know everything that God knows. All right, this, this, is, this is Kathy approved. So if you don't like it, you call Kathy. But I'm, I'm, I'm pushing back here. In your spirit, you know everything God knows. That's where you have the mind of Christ. So when, when I started being tormented, with fear and anxiety in the woulda, shoulda, couldas, you know. I, I love a, a nursery rhyme that my uh, grandma used to say, if, if, if all the ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. <laughs> but if I could do this, if I could do that, would, if all the ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. But listen, that's where your mind, this is where your unrenewed mind starts becoming um, a, a resource of, of depression, a resource of doubt. Um, Lord asked me a couple questions on the motorcycle. He said, you got a little doubt and unbelief in you right now. So yeah, and he goes, is it in your spirit or your emotions? Have you thought about where is your doubt and unbelief? It's not in your spirit. Why? Because it has the mind of Christ. It's in my emotions. And if my, renew, if my mind is not renewed, then my, my emotions are going to be out of whack. That's where doubt and unbelief resides. It's in your emotions. All right, First Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 18. For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, 
that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. 16. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. We regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. I mean, how many times do I go back to Jesus Christ? You know, he lived like a man. He was tempted like a man. He had all the stuff that I had, except he wasn't married. So he didn't have all that. That was funny. But he was tempted in all ways. Yeah, I hope she's not listening. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him that way no longer. So what are we saying? Listen, even in our relationship with Jesus, if we make him still human, still flesh, we're going to miss the fact that he's perfectly God living in you. He's not a flesh God living in you. Catch this. He lived in the flesh. He was sinless, but he no longer lives in the flesh. He lives in you. That's why you have the mind of Christ. And he is complete, whole, all God, all righteous, all holy. And that's what lives in you. So so I, I literally repented for building an altar of flesh that Jesus no longer is lives on. Because I mean, I'm I, I mean, I'm I'm all human. I I mean, you know, Jesus, you know, I, I got my Jesus stories, but he isn't that anymore. He's completely God, and he lives in me. Now I can refer to his history so I can become like him now but I can't use his history as my excuse any longer. <laughs> if I step on your toes, just say, ouch. This is, this, this is all about me first. <clears throat> we re- 16, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. (laughs) I've I've been in this Promise Keepers reconciliation movement and trying to get the Baptists to love the Methodists, trying to get the Methodists to love the Pentecostals. I've been in the reconciliation, and, and so I'm on this motorcycle, and I'm like, all right, I'm pondering this. He says, you know, if you would reconcile with me first instead of trying to make everybody else reconcile, you'd know some of this. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> so, so quit trying to get everybody else to reconcile until you've reconciled with who he is living in you. That's the reconciliation he's talking about first and foremost. Do I have an amen? Am we good? Okay. <laughs> First between us and God, and then others. Romans 8 11. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus 
from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. You're a three-part being. This is where the two minds of the soul was very, very, you need to go back and listen to that last week. Because it's in the soul, the mind, will, and emotions that has to pull the perfect will of God from your spirit, renewing your mind, the, 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 the conscious mind, to drop into the subconscious mind, which is the heart, because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, to where your body will respond. We've been trying to, to correct the body without understanding what lives in that makes us false identity. Okay. Colossians 3, 9 11. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self, the old spirit, with its practices, and have put on the new spirit. You're born again, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek nor Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Listen, <laughs> I was sitting with a friend who's prejudiced and racist the last couple days. And then I talked to Jesus, and he's just so holy. I'm like, I got on my motorcycle, and I went, what part of him was talking to me? Because I know he's born again. I know he's that. But out of our mouth leaks our prejudices. Doesn't it, Dan? <laughs> Listen to yourself sometime. Listen to yourself sometime what comes out. Because out of abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And I'm telling you, we, we, we got prejudices, judgments, criticisms that is not in your spirit. So where is it? It's in your emotions that we haven't cleaned because we haven't renewed our mind. Am I right? Dude, who's responsible for that? Okay. First Corinthians. <laughs> we had a couple of people come over last night and Susie has a new plaque on our refrigerator on our back porch. Be careful, you'll end up in my sermon. <laughs> First Corinthians 14, 13, 15. Therefore, one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What am I to do? I will pray with my spirit but I will pray with my mind also. This is, th listen, this is how we get a renewed mind that will change our behaviors. If we're praying in the Spirit, we're praying the will of God, are we not? The perfect will of God, the non-Jew, non-Greek, non-biased, pure relationship of righteousness, we pray that way. But my question is, how come it doesn't affect us? 
is because we haven't allowed it to renew our mind and confront our emotions and confront our prejudices and confront our wounds to change our behavior. Am I preaching to myself? For if I pray in tongues, my spirit prays with my mind that is unfruitful. 15. What am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. I'm reading this. I read this because I was going to preach it without knowledge, evidently. I'm on my Harley praying in tongues. And I don't know what I'm praying. I'm praying I hope I don't get a ticket because I was running 90. I was looking for grace and mercy. I was praying that this, that I, I, I was praying, Lord, I'm freezing. And there's vents on that stupid thing that I had to close because now I got a warm motor that starts. It's cold. But I'm praying in tongues. I'm praying the perfect will of God. But my mind was not engaged. Sometimes you have to pray in the Spirit, and then you figure out, you, you, you exercise, you choose to absolutely engage your mind. Last part, I will sing praises with my spirit, but I will sing with my mind also. I can sing a, a spiritual song. Shanda halalabo shinyana, shanda labo shilala. Should have been on the motor, motorcycle. Okay, but but when, when I actually choose to engage my mind with it, I start having pictures. I'm singing this. I, I'm feeling that. Why? All, all of a sudden, my mind is starting to pick up what my spirit is talking to God about or praising God about or singing to God about. It, it's here. Spirit and your mind. Now, this is funny. Um, I heard this from one of the preachers this week I listened to. Where's your spirit? Your belly, right here in the core of you. This is where your spirit resides. You ever had the Holy Ghost get on you and your belly gets on fire? That's where he lives. It's actually called the throne of your life. So that's why you bow your head, because you're talking to God. Hey, God, how you doing? Hey, there, buddy. <laughs> you're talking to God. Hey, God, how you doing? Some of us are very anointed. <laughs> Rodney is extremely anointed. <laughs> okay, so this is funny, right? This morning I walked into the bathroom. I said to Susie, I said, hey, pray for me. I said, I just, I feel like God's given me some, some insight and, and I want to pray for people. And she doesn't know any of that. And I got it in my notes. When you bow your head, you're talking to God in your belly. She lays her hands on my head, and she just starts praying. She goes, ooh, I feel the anointing just went from your head to your belly. I'm like, dang. Maybe I should ask you to pray for me more often. (laughs) 
You don't need to renew your spirit. You need to renew your mind. Catch this. If your feelings are wrong, your spirit is right, but your mind does not retain, has not retrained your emotions. So I went back to an old, an old truth that God gave me. How many know that when, 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 when fear comes in and, 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 and doubt comes in, that it's a feeling? See, and the problem is people, people live by their feelings. I mean, we all live by our feelings. Here's what he said to me. You may have true feelings, but your feelings do not line up with truth. So when these feelings come, this is why praying in tongues. Why? You're praying the perfect will of God. And then I have an opportunity to engage my mind to what is truth and ask God to reveal to me what I need to repent for or turn from or expose. If doubt and unbelief is not in my spirit, it's in my, my soul realm, in my emotions. And it's my mind's job to discover what truth is, discover what is not truthful, and combat it. Those are true feelings, Charlie, but it doesn't line up with truth. <laughs> That's the battle. But until you know where to pull the proper resource from, put it through the compressor of your mind and put it where it needs to be, you'll lose the battle. This is where your will. You've got to make it solid, mind, will, and motion, that I'm, I, I am going to follow truth. And when I come into a comparison with truth and my feelings, I'm going to have to denounce my feelings. When God showed me racism in my family, my grandfather was a prophet and a member of the KKK. My father taught me how to be racist. I get radically born again, and the first thing I deal with is with my racism. Well, how do I deal with my family history and this new revelation? Well, you confront your dad. That went over well. You confront your history. That went over well. We're a sixth-generation Floridian rednecks. Racism is in our DNA, but it's the wrong DNA. But if you're not willing to confront it, it'll own you. And I believe God gives you revelations in areas to heal you, and because we're, we don't have enough courage or belief that he's going to take us to the other end of it, we don't address it. That's when you hear in my counseling sessions, well, that's just the way God made me. No, he didn't. No, you made yourself that way. Your history made yourself that way. You're now born again, and there's something in you that's telling you you're wrong. This is where your will comes in. It's like, I, I will will myself to have the courage to deal with these false emotions. Absolutely. The blood transfusion from Jesus Christ changes my DNA. I have a righteous spirit, but the renewed mind is what it takes to understand what I have. I'm awesome in the spirit. 
but an unrenewed area of my mind tells me different. Your spirit man is holy and righteous, Jesus, just as Jesus Christ is. <laughs> Do that. Say, I am as righteous as Jesus Christ is. How many felt a little twitch? You got some renewing to do here, baby. You got some, some, some aggressiveness to go, whoa, whoa, whoa. The way you see yourself is how you'll behave. When you see yourself as a porn addict, a drug addict, an alcoholic, or a loser, you'll, you'll have to renew your mind. That way it'll change your appearance of yourself. I can remember when I had all my addiction issues and then God filled me with his spirit and God started telling me, I'm going to use you to do this. I'm going to use you to do that. I couldn't see it. My goodness. I couldn't read or write and I messed up. You got to be kidding me. And he made me a promise. I'll put you in front of great fathers in the kingdom, kings and presidents. Really? Just follow me. I've sat with the presidents. I sat with tribal kings, and I met some of the greatest spiritual fathers in the kingdom. How does God do that? In my spirit, where God dwells, he said that to me. Do you realize I had to wrestle my mind? How are you going to do that? And about the time you keep going, how are you going to do that? You start opening the window for doubt. You can't do that with me, God. You can't do that with me, God. You can't do that with me. I know me. God sent me to Washington, D.C. He says to me, he says, I'm going to show you how revival is going to come across America. I'm like, really? And we sat with Newt Gingrich, talked to President Bush, did the whole thing. We went to this big conference room, big, thousands of people. We got these big round tables. And, and I was with my friend. I'm like, God said tonight, man, it's going to be a prophetic night. What? I said, God said it's going to be a prophetic night. And he's going to show me how, he's going to show us how revival is going to sweep across the land. Really? Okay. So we're sitting there and the Oak Ridge boys were singing some song and President Bush gets up. So everybody turns to see the president. Well, I turn and the lady next to me turns and hits my brochure. It falls on a candle and catches the whole table on fire. <laughs> Secret service had to come, man. We got smoke billowing and I'm embarrassed as can be. And I'm like, I'm, I'm appalled. I get back to my room and God goes, I told you. Cause when my fire hits this land, it will be attractant for everybody. I'm like, yeah, but they're all blaming me, and it was her. <laughs> no, it was your brochure. <laughs> okay, but, you know, so what am I saying is God said, I'll put you in with these people. He said it to my spirit where he knows who I am because he created me. He, he, doesn't, even, he doesn't even have a, a, a counsel with my emotions. He doesn't have a meeting with my emotions. He goes, this is what I really think about Charlie. What do you think? My emotions go, I don't think so. God goes, oh, yeah, okay, probably right. No. Are you born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, a righteous, 
power broker of goodness and grace? Yeah, the reason we don't walk it is because our emotions are saying, no, I actually see Charlie the way he is, you know. He's got all these issues. Wake up on a Wednesday morning, early, down in Vero. Lord says, what's your schedule? I said, well, I got to go get coffee. I got to get donuts. I got a Bible study at, at, at 8, at 7.30. And at 8.30, I get this. At 9, I got to meet this builder over on the beach. And the Lord says, I'll meet you there. Remember, I promised you kings, fathers, great men of the kingdom. Really? I'll meet you there. I promised it. You remember? Remember when you sat in that oak tree under Winter Beach Baptist and I spoke to your spirit and told you that? Yeah, you didn't believe me. But you've been faithful. I'll meet you there. So I called my office. I'm like, who am I meeting with? He gave me the builder's name. Who's the customer? Don't know. Don't know who the customer is. I go pulling up, builder sitting out front. And he goes, I forgot you're one of them Christians. So what do you mean? He says, my customer wants to meet with you privately. Reinhard Bunky. Sat down with Reinhard Bunky. He said, the Lord spoke to him. He said, the man you're going to meet, I'm going to use. And just, he prophesied over me. He laid hands on me. See, here, here, here's, here's, here's the issue. I think he's, you know, amazing man of God. So I go to do this work with business with it. My natural instinct is to sow, to give. You know, if I'll give to him, I'll reap. The Lord said, you already got what you needed from him, charging regular price. Okay, why? It, paradigm shift. I'm worthy of my hire. This was a God day. This was a God day to have a Reinhard Bunky laid hands on you. Spend 20, 25 minutes with you. Why? Because one day my spirit was talking to God and I overheard both of them and said, I'm going to put you among kings and great fathers of the kingdom. What has God spoken to you that you have not renewed your mind to the level that you can actually believe it? Jude 17 and 20. But many, but you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, 18, that said to you, in the last times there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. See, sometimes we think the scoffers are on the outside. I think the scoffers are on the inside. Ron talks about in the last year, getting rid of his self-hate. Is that Would you consider a self-hate a scoffer? Yeah, see, we want to think the scoffer's out there. I think the scoffer's in here, in our unrenewed mind and our broken emotions. That's the scoffer. If you'll deal with that one first, then God will trust you with the ones out there. I know it's good because I didn't think about that until just now. You know, that's what it's like. You know it's good. <laughs> 18, they said to you, in the last time there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause division, worldly people devoid of the Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourself up in the most holy faith and praying in 
the Holy Spirit. Who are you building up? Yourself. All right, number one, praying in tongues allow you, allows you to speak directly to God. 1 Corinthians 14, 2. For one who speaks in tongues speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. Mysteries in the Spirit. When you pray in tongues, you're praying God's will directly to Him. It allows your mind to get out of the way so your spirit can commune with the Father. An unrenewed mind will not take the information and convert it to your soul. Number two, praying in tongues keep you in tune with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, verse 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in tongues and other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. What does that mean? The Spirit gave them utterance. How many have felt a bump in your spirit? You're just walking on bump, bump. He's trying to get your attention. He's going, wake up, wake up. I want to say something. I want to do something. Wake up. Are you, are, you, are you tentative to the bump? Or have you so devoid that you haven't realized the Spirit of God resides in you? I don't know what's going on with the Culver family. I felt a bump this morning to hug all of his kids. I don't know, was he a jerk this weekend or what? But it was an absolute bump. Have you seen me do that before? That was a bump. When you ignore the bump, you're ignoring the greatest truth lesson. You'll, 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 you'll ignore, don't ignore the bump of the Holy Ghost. Why? He's in there bumping. He's trying to get your attention. He's trying to get your mind to go, whoa, what are you saying? Am I right? <laughs> Tongues is a gift from God. It allows you to pray the will of God by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. When you pray in tongues, you're yielding to the Holy Spirit who dwells in you. <clears throat> then you are allowed then you are allowing that same Spirit to pray through you so you are in tune with Him. Number three, praying in tongues strengthens your spirit. 1 Corinthians 14, 4. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself. But the one who prophesies builds up the church. So listen, some of you come around for prayer when you're just too thinking lazy to pray in tongues. Am I right? Listen, I know I'm right. I had to wait till I got my butt handed to me to pray in tongues this week. Why did I wait so long? Because I'm stubborn, I'm self-willed, and I have a, a bomb living on inside of me that could give me all the energy and all the enlightenment and all the wisdom I need, and I, I'm too ignorant to access it. And then bellyache and tell God, I'm so depressed. And he's like, I don't care. At your level, you should know this. Am I wrong? Gee, it's gotten so bad, I might pray in tongues. It's so bad, I might pray in tongues. See, some of you don't want to pray in tongues because you don't really want the perfect will of God because you're afraid it'll cost you something. That was good. 
Praying in tongues builds you up spiritually and helps you live a spirit-led life. A spirit-led life. Number four, praying in tongues allows you to pray even when you don't know what to pray. Come on, guys. Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us with our weakness. For we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Is Jesus an intercessor? Does he live in you? Then why don't you let him pray a little bit? You think he's going to pray Dear Father, let it be His will this time. <laughs> you know, Charlie just thinks he's pretty good at being me and you. Let's let him have his way. No, he's not going to pray that way. The problem is we don't want to do it his way sometimes. <laughs> Even when you don't know how or what to pray, you can still pray in tongues. You can pray your spirit to pray the perfect will of God regardless of the situation. Praying in tongues is a weapon against the work of the enemy. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 18. And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison or take a vaccine shot, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. Let me tell you something. I would take that scripture because there are people that are having to get the vaccine who really didn't want to or just thought it was not a big deal. And I would be praying that bad baby right there. Listen, I pray like that when I eat Susie's cooking. She's not here to defend herself. You want to cast more demons out? As a Christian, you want to cast more demons out? Pray in tongues. Pray in tongues more than you do now. It'll solidify your mind on who you are, and you will quit waiting for, oh, here we go. You will, you will quit waiting for the anointing to come on you, and you'll actually recognize the authority in you, and you'll do it that way. I just got this. <laughs> when you pray in tongues, you figure out who you are. And you figure out that, 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 that the authority given to you, because you're a tongue talker, okay, casting out devils in people is a second nature. What was that devil doing in my house, talking to my wife on the end of the house of mine here? Well, he got cast out. Took a motorcycle ride. But you cast out devils because of authority, not anointing. You can cast out a devil because of anointing, but you have to wait for the anointing to come on you to get the goosebumps so you can feel like you're anointed. 
But when your mind is renewed and you are who God said you are, you start casting devils out because of authority. We, we, we had a situation where these two girls were demon-possessed. And, and, and we were, when I went to a church in Orange City, and there was a bunch of people going, hey, in the name of Jesus, 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 Jesus. And that, them devils was wearing them out, baby. And I heard the Lord say, would you go handle that? So I walked in, come out and name Come out. Come out. Just dealt with it. They're like, you didn't use the name of Jesus. I was like, I am the name of Jesus. Why you keep asking Jesus to do something he told you to do? Why do you keep waiting for Jesus to come do what he told you to do? That's where the renewing of your mind into your emotions, and now you, you operate out of authority instead of anointing. Listen, I, I love the anointing. The anointing comes for a specific reason. It's to preach, to prophesy, to bring healing, to bring gifts of healing, miracles. That, the anointing comes for that. But listen, it's the authority over that realm of the demonic realm that we need to understand that comes from praying in tongues, knowing who we are, our proper identity, and who lives in us. Does that make sense? The renewed mind, to renew the mind, you have to use your conscious mind to train the subconscious mind so it drops into your heart. For through the Spirit, Galatians 5, 5, through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. Galatians 5, 16 and 17. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the desires of the flesh flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh why do you think that that is the renewing of the mind's critical issue right there if your mind is not renewed you will take all the spirit information that is god and the mind of christ and you will battle what your flesh is telling you to do your fears your anxieties your 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 your, your rejections your false pride, real pride. What do you think your flesh is going to tell you? Who do you think you are? You go, I know who I am. You start being a little bipolar, figuring out who's talking. We're not supposed to be spiritually bipolar. It's time to trying to do some warfare. Jesus proclaimed several things that would happen to those who follow him and conduct, continued his work. Speaking in tongues is one of those gifts. It allows Jesus' followers to stand against the work of the enemy. Praying in tongues is a gift that is available to every believer. It allows you to pray God's will to him. It keeps you in tune with the Holy Spirit and strengthens your spirit as you stand against the work of the devil. Don't discount this powerful gift from God. Desire it embrace it and relish the strength it adds to your spiritual life listen i started this series not realizing that i had become lazy in my own prayer life of not praying in tongues and i got my butt handed me to me this week and made me desperate enough to get on my motorcycle
and pray in tongues. How many have never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues? Now listen, there's some Pentecostals that believe if you don't speak in tongues, you're not saved. That ain't my camp. You love Jesus, you're saved. I believe it's an indwelling, it's a refilling. Thank you for watching. For more information about Identity Church, visit us at identitychurch.net or come visit us on a Sunday morning at 10 a.m. 777 Deltona Boulevard in Deltona, Florida. God bless.